بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد نعم We come to the next chapter باب ما جاء في العلم The chapter that which is come concerning علم وقوله تعالى and the saying of Allah تبارك وتعالى وقول ربي زدني علما and say my Lord or my Lord increase me in knowledge القراءة والعرض على المحدث reading and يعني presenting to the محدث to the محدث يعني the narrator of حديث or the sheikh the sheikh of the hadith the sheikh who يعني is the one who يعني has presented the hadith previously and so يعني the this باب البخاري is mentioning the another way in how knowledge can be presented or taken and that is that the student he reads or presents the hadith to the sheikh to his sheikh نعم ورأى الحسن والثوري ومالك القراءة جائزة and الحسن يعني الحسن البصري and الثوري سفيان الثوري and مالك إمام مالك they saw that القراءة القراءة reading to the sheikh is جائزة it is permissible نعم واحتج بعضهم في القراءة على العالم بحديث دمام بن ثعلبة دمام بن ثعلبة قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الله أمرك أن نسلي الصلوات قال نعم قال فهذه قراءة على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبر ذمام قومه بذلك فأجازوه and some of them meaning some of the scholars they sought to use as proof and they used as proof the يعني proof for the permissibility of reading to the sheikh, reading a hadith to the sheikh um, through the hadith of the, the, the Imam Ibn Thalaba, which is the hadith that Bukhari is going to bring in this chapter. Wherein he said to the Prophet, Did Allah command you that we pray the, the prayers, the five daily prayers? To which the Rasul he said, Naam, he said yes. And then he said, The Imam said, أو أفوان البخاري يقول فهذه قراءة على النبي This is reading to the Prophet نعم and the Imam he then informed his people of that يعني he informed his people of that which took place between him and the Prophet نعم and so due to this due to this incident due to this hadith then those scholars they declared it permissible يعني reading to the sheikh نعم واحتج مالك نعم بالصقيق يقرأ يقرأ على القوم فيقولون أشهدنا فلان ويقرأ ذلك قراءة عليهم ويقرأ على المقرئ فيقول القارئ أقرأني فلان نعم again very similar how Imam Malik يعني he he used his proof also يعني when when they say Um, that such and such person أَشْحَدَنَا uh, فُلَان يعني that such and such person he he يعني he the meaning of أَشْحَدَنَا فُلَان um, يعني uh, he made us bear witness يعني uh, so and so made us bear witness يعني meaning he it was read to him um, it was always read to the sheikh and يعني they were there present and they were witness 
to this. Now, ويقرأ على المقرئ فيقول القارئ أقرأني فلان. نعم. بالصقي هنا محتاج مالك بالصقي والله على ما هذا يحتاج له مراجعة إن شاء الله. You got the translation there? Yes. Did he put there? No, probably document now. Most likely document because the the more he is is reading, is reading now. Now. طيب حدثنا محمد بن سلام حدثنا محمد ابن الحسن الواسطي أن عوف عن الحسن قال لا بأس بالقراءة على العالم. So again, Bukhari brings a chain up to Al Hasan, Al Hasan al Basri. قال who said there is no problem with reading to the sheikh. Likewise, وأخبرنا محمد بن يوسف الفربري. نعم. وحدثنا محمد بن إسماعيل البخاري. نعم. This Muhammad al-Fribri was the student of al-Bukhari. So that's why he says وحدثنا محمد بن إسماعيل البخاري. قال حدثنا عبيد الله عبيد الله ابن موسى ابن موسى عن سفيان قال إذا قرأ على الم على المحدث فلا بأس أن يقول حدثني نعم يعني البخاري he brings the chain until سفيان who said that if it is read to the شيخ to the محدث if it is if it is read to him فلا بأس أن يقول there is no problem that he then says حدثني that the شيخ he يعني he narrated to me, even though the Sheikh himself and the Alim himself didn't actually uh, narrate the Hadith with his voice, but yeah, it was rather it was read to him. There's no problem for the one who was present there that when he goes on to narrate to others that he says Hadithani, <coughs> that so and so Alim, so and so scholar, he narrated to us. Although it was, he didn't actually utter it himself, now there's no problem with that. And this goes back to what we said before, what we, which we covered before um, in this kitab and, in, and this explanation also, that with Al-Bukhari, Haddathana, Akhbarana, and Ba'ana, all of them have the same meaning. And we mentioned the details surrounding all of those uh, statements and how there are those scholars who do differentiate. How there are those scholars who do differentiate. But there are those scholars who uh, do say that they're all the same. Now, قال وَسَمِعْتُ أبا عاصم يقول عن مالك وسفيان القراءة على العالم وقراءته سواء نعم again that al Bukhari he mentions نعم that I heard عاصم say that from مالك and سفيان that reading to the to the عالم to the scholar and he himself reading the عالم himself then it is the same. It is all one and the same. Now, now Bukhari he brings the hadith of uh, of um, the Imam. Now, the hadith of the Imam with the chain. So Al Bukhari he says, "Hadathana Abdullah ibn Yusuf, قال, who said, "Hadathana Layth and Sa'id, نعم, هو المقبري عن شريك بن عبد الله ابن أبي نمر أنه سمع أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه 
يقول. And so with his chain up until Anas ibn Malik, that he said, بينما نحن جلوس مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في المسجد. He said that we were sat on an occasion we were sat with the Prophet in the masjid. دخل رجل على جمل. There was a man who came and entered the masjid with a camel. He was on a camel. فأناخه في المسجد. And so he, يعني he made his camel knee knee down, kneel down. يعني he called he he made his camel kneel down. نعم. ثم ثم أقله. And then he he tied it. Then he tied the the camel. ثم قال لهم. Then he said to them, أيكم محمد. Then he said to them. So this man now he's in the masjid. He came, came on his camel, tied up his camel. Then he said, أيكم محمد. Which one of you is Muhammad? والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم متكئ بين ذهرين ذهراني نعم ذهرانيهم. Whilst the Prophet was sat, or he was. Yani he was sat in a reclining position, in a reclined position amongst the Sahaba. He was reclining amongst them. فقلنا, so we said, هذا الرجل الأبيض المتكئ. We said, this man, this white man, yani his complexion being white, المتكئ, yani who is reclining, sat reclined. فقال الله الرجل, and so the man said to him, ابن عبد المطلب, ابن عبد المطلب, he said to him, basically in essence asking him, Are you Ibn Abdul Muttalib? Are you the son of Abdul Muttalib? فَقَالَ اللَّهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ So the Prophet responded to him and he said, قَدْ أَجَبْتُكَ يعني, I've answered you and يعني, I'm here to, I'm at your service يعني. نعم فَقَالَ الرَّجُلُ فَقَالَ الرَّجُلُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And so the man, he said, to the Prophet there should be a lamb there for those who are the Arabic print. فَقَالَ الرَّجُلْ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ Now, so the man said to the Prophet إِنِّي سَائِلُكَ فَمُشَدِّدٌ عَلَيْكَ فِي الْمَسْأَلَةِ He said, I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to be hard on you. I'm going to be hard on you when I ask these questions. فَلَا تَجِدْ عَلَيَّ فِي نَفْسِكَ يعني لا تغضب معي That's what he's saying. He's saying, don't, don't be, so don't become angry with me. So don't become angry with me. I'm going, I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to be harsh on you or hard on you. So don't become angry with me. فقال, and so the Rasul he said, Sal Amma Badalak. Ask whatever you want. Ask me whatever you want. فقال, and so the man he said, Asaluka birabbik man qablak. He said, I ask you by your Lord. And by the Lord of those who came before you. Allahu arsalaka. Did Allah send you to all of the people, to, to, to the whole of mankind? Did He send you to everyone? فقال, and so, uh, so the Rasul, he said, Allahumma na'am. He said, Allahumma na'am. And we will translate, I'll, I'll give, some, give some detail in the explanation concerning this statement of the Rasul. Allahumma na'am. Allahumma, we know, we, we say this when we make dua. Oh Allah. Oh Allah. Yani, Allahumma is Ya Allah. But the Ya, the harfun nida, that Ya of proclamation that is used, is mahdhuf, it's dropped here, and we know that the meme then replaces that ya. So it becomes Allahumma. Yeah, it means ya Allah. So in essence, the Rasulullah he's saying, oh Allah, yes. Now, قال أنشدك بالله And so the man then said, the Imam, he said, 
Anshaduka billah. Yani as'aluka billah. That's the meaning. I ask you by Allah. Anshaduka billah. It means I ask you by Allah. Allahu amarak annusalliya as-salawati al-khamsa. Did Allah command you that we pray as-salawati al-khams? That we pray the five daily prayers. And for those who study in Arabic, we know that the Jam'a Mu'annath Salim here, Salawat. Here it's the maf'ul. It's the object of the action. Nusalliya is the fi'l that we pray. So the object of the action is Salawat. And we know that the origin is with the object of the action. It is mansub with the fatha. But because this is Jam'a Mu'annath Salim, it doesn't accept the fatha. It takes the kasra in that place. So Nusalliya Salawati. And that's why we see that the na'at and the adjective to a salawat, which is khams, that is mansub with the fatha. Because in essence, a salawat is, it should have the fatha. Now, so an nusali a salawat al khams, fil layli wal layla. I ask you by Allah, did Allah command you that we pray the five daily prayers in the day and in the night? Qal, Allahumma na'am. To which the Rasulullah responded again, O Allah, yes. Qal, anshaduka billah. He said, I ask you by Allah. Allahu amarak an nasuma had al shahr min al sana. I ask you by Allah, did Allah, and was it Allah the one who commanded you that we fast this month in the year, the month of Ramadan? Qal, Allahumma na'am. The Rasulullah he responded in the same way. He said, by Allah, or, Ya Allah, yes. Allahumma na'am, as we said, it means Ya Allah, but it, it resembles Qasim. It resembles him, it resembles يعني one swearing by Allah. So it's almost like he's saying by Allah, yes. تشبه يعني القسم. It resembles القسم, although it's not a قسم. But it's used to make تأكيد of كلام, to emphasize speech. يعني for sure, he's saying yes, certainly. نعم. That Allah was the one who commanded him with these things. And then he said, أنشدك بالله. Again, I ask you by Allah. الله أمرك أن تأخذ هذه الصدقة من أغنيائنا وتقسمها على فقرائنا. Was it Allah that commanded you to take the sadaqa from our rich folk and that you distribute it على فقرائنا? That you distribute it amongst the poor of us. نعم. So the Rasul again he responded and he said, Allahumma na'am. He said, By Allah, yes. فَقَالَ الرَّجُلُ And so the man said, أَمَّنْتُ بِمَا جِئْتَ بِهِ أَمَّنْتُ بِمَا جِئْتَ بِهِ He said, I have believed in that which you have come with. وَأَنَا رَسُولُ مَنْ وَرَائِي مِنْ قَوْمِي And I am a messenger to those behind me, from my people. I'm a messenger to my people. وَأَنَا ذِمَامُ بْنُ ثَعْلَبَهِ أخو بني سعد ابن بكر. أنا أيام. and then he mentioned his name. I'm Dhimam ibn Thalabah, the brother of يعني from the tribe of بني سعد ابن بكر. رواه موسى من البخاري. he now brings two of the chains to يعني strengthen this hadith or to show how it's come through various other ways. رواه موسى وعلي ابن عبد المحميد. so these two موسى and Ali, both of them, also narrate this hadith from, both of them narrate from Sulaiman. Because look, Rawahu Musa wa Ali. There's no and there in between. So meaning both of them, 
Musa and Ali, both of them, narrated this also from Suleiman, who narrated from Thabit, um, from Anas, from the Prophet Bihada, yani with this hadith. So this is the hadith in this chapter, and Sheikh Zayd al-Madhali, rahimahullah, uh, after the hamdallah, and after saying alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi, wa man ittaba'aha huda, wa man ittaba'aha huda, amma ba'd. So after sending praise upon Allah and sending salat and salam upon the Rasul and upon the Sahaba and whoever follows his guidance the Shaykh he said فَقَدْ قَالَ الْمُعَلِّفْ رَحِمُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بَابْ مَا جَاءَ فِي الْعِلْمِ So Al-Bukhari he said the chapter concerning what is come concerning knowledge A. فِي فَضْلِهِ وَكَيْفِيَةِ تَلَقِّيهِ يعني concerning his virtues and how to receive that knowledge and take that knowledge and how one is to take that knowledge. فَإِذَا جَاءَ الْعِلْمِ مُطْلَقًا حَكَذَا غَيْرُ مُقَيِّدٍ وَلَا مُضَافِ إِلَى شَيْءٍ فَالْمُرَادْ بِهِ الْعِلْمِ الشَّعِيِّ So then the Shaykh, he says that if, if the word ilm, knowledge, ilm, in the Arabic language, if it comes, and in such instances here, if it comes, يعني unrestricted, and it's just, it's not come um, uh, restricted, and it's unrestricted and it's not made mudaf to anything and it is not made possessive to anything then the intent behind it is al-ilm al-shari'i it is yani, that Islamic knowledge, the knowledge of the sharia al-kitab sunnah knowledge of the kitab and the sunnah wa mustumidda min al-kitab wa sunnah naam wa mustumidda wa ma mustumidda yani majhul and whatever extends from the book and the sunnah, whatever is derived and taken from the book and the sunnah. From the understanding of the of the book and the sunnah. ta'ala in the saying of Allah and say, O oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge. This is Ta'limu Irshadin That this is um, in this verse is a teaching of of irshad yani of 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 guidance yani to the prophet and to his ummah not just to the prophet but also to his ummah lian al amra lin nabi amrun li ummati because a command to the prophet is also a command to his ummah to his nation ma lam ta'ti qarina tadullu ala al khususiyah yani so long as there is no other supporting factor or evidence to show that this command to the Prophet is only spe- is specifically to him specifically to him so long as no other yeah, any evidence has come which would necessitate or uh, yeah, any, uh, give the meaning of this particular command being specific to the Rasulullah then it's a command to the Prophet and to the Ummah and so here even though Allah said Qul in the singular form to the Rasulullah addressing him say Oh my Lord, increase me knowledge. Then there's nothing within this context, within the yeah, the context of the verse, or elsewhere in the Quran, or elsewhere in the Sunnah, yani, that shows that this is something specific to the Rasulullah. So then it becomes a command to the whole Ummah also. Now, وَأَوْرَدْ الْمُؤَلِّفِ هَذِهِ الْرِوَايَاتِ What's the ending of riwayat here for those who do in Arabic then? Based on what we mentioned before. وَأَوْرَدْ الْمُؤَلِّفِ The Mu'allif, the author, he brought these riwayat. What did we just mention about the Jamu Anath al-Salim? It's going to be here. 
riwayati. It's mafool. It's the object of the action. So the, the, the author, he brought these narrations, but it's the feminine plural, sound feminine plural, and so it takes the kasra here. وَأَوْرَدَ الْمُعَلِّفْ هَذِهِ الْرِوَايَاتِ فِي قِصَّةِ مَجِيءِ ذِمَامِ بْنِ ثَعْلَبَةِ ذِمَامِ بْنِ ثَعْلَبَةِ So Al-Bukhari, he brought these narrations يعني, concerning the story of the coming of the Imam ibn Tha'labah when he came to the Prophet يسأل عن الإسلام when, he's, when he came to ask about Islam لِيُبَيِّنَ المؤلف, المؤلف that the author, Bukhari, he may make clear through these narrations أن من سيغ التحمل القراءة والعرض على المحدث this is the reason why he's brought this hadith of the Imam. What he's trying to explain and show to us is that from the ways of carrying a hadith and taking a hadith from an alim, from the ways in, in that can be done, that can be uh, achieved and done, is reading to the sheikh or presenting uh, to the sheikh. Now, and whatever follows on from that. فالقراءة على العالم في كتاب في كتاب ما. And so reading to a scholar في كتاب ما. This ma for those brothers any brothers from Mustafa Thalith here? No. Okay, this ma is يعني the ma of النكرة المطلقة المبحمة. يعني which translates here um, as reading to a scholar from um, some book في كتاب ما in some book يعني any book. Then this is from the ways in how a hadith can be uh, carried and taken. والعرض عليه والقراءة عليه وعرض الكتاب عليه كذلك من صيغ التحمل. And to present a hadith to him, and even though it may, it may not be from a book, but it may be from memory. And, but the, the thing is, the, the, the student, he's the one who presents it, whether that is through his memory or through reading uh, from, a, from a book. Then they are both forms of how a hadith is, is taken and carried. Now, just like haddathana wa akhbarana wa anba'ana, which we took previously, was sama' as for sama' listening, then that is, إِذَا قُرِيَ عَلَى الْعَالِمِ وَأَنْتَ تَسْمَعُ That is, when someone reads to the shaykh, and you were present and you heard, and you heard, كَذَلِكْ لَكَ أَنْ تُحَدِّثْ عَنْهُمْ Likewise, in this instance, it is for you to be to 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 transmit from him and to narrate a hadith from him. So that sama can be from either the sheikh himself; he reads the hadith from his own uh, words, from his mouth, or someone else uh, reads him, and you are present and you listen. Now, وما يتعلق بذلك من من الإجازة التي يجيزها العالم طلابه. Min Tahamul Wal Ada. And likewise, whatever else is connected to this, from that ijaz and that permission that the scholar he gives, and the alim he gives to his students, yani from the ways in how uh, the ahadith are taken and how they are passed on. فَإِنَّا تُعْتَبَرْ الَّتِي سَبَقَ ذِكْرُهَا Then again, um, these ways in how that, that, that Al-Bukhari is presenting now, then they are just like those previous uh, ways um, that were mentioned in the previous chapter, or in the chapter previously. Um, they are just like this, yani those ways in how the hadith are um, received and transmitted on. حدثنا وانبعنا وأخبرنا 
نعم وفي هذه الروايات في هذه القصة دليل على وجوب الرحلة في طلب العلم الواجب and likewise in these narrations the narrations concerning this story of the Imam coming to the Prophet ﷺ in this is a proof of the obligation of a rihla of traveling the obligation of traveling to seek knowledge that knowledge which is wajib that knowledge which is obligatory we find the Imam here he traveled he traveled on his camel to the Prophet ﷺ in order to acquire this knowledge because knowledge because knowledge from knowledge is that which is obligatory upon every single individual every um, sane baligh uh, one who's reached puberty and sane muslim now that is fardain and likewise from knowledge is that which is fard kifaya fard kifaya meaning it is obligatory but not on everyone but only a few from amongst the Muslims. And then the Shaykh he continues to explain this and he says, He now defines the Fardain. He says that it is obligatory or يعني, that knowledge which is Fardain, it, it's seeking that knowledge is obligatory. That knowledge which is Fardain, it is obligatory upon every mukallaf every mukallaf is every servant that 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 is sane has reached puberty um and now he's he's reached that point of where now there are obligations upon him now from male and female from the males and females والعلم بأصول الدين كأركان الإيمان وأركان الإسلام وركن الإحسان ومسائل الحلال والحرام such as يعني the knowledge which is obligatory the knowledge of Allah تبارك وتعالى the knowledge of يعني Allah Himself His names His attributes that which is يعني obligatory towards Him that which the servants have to fulfill in their obligation towards Him that which they must stay away from concerning Allah تبارك وتعالى knowledge concerning the usul of the religion, the foundations of the religion, such as the pillars of Iman, the pillars of Islam, and the pillar of Ihsan, and likewise the matters of a halal and haram. And so these, which have been mentioned, these types of knowledge, then they are obligatory upon every single individual, upon every mukallaf that he seeks the knowledge of the rulings of these things these matters that have preceded so long as there is nothing that yani preventing him from that naam wa dhalika anna hadha ar-rajul dhimam dhimam ibn thalaba radiyallahu anhu alladhi ata lir-rasul sallallahu مبتدئاً بالسؤال عن حقيقة رسالة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعما جاء به من الدين. and we understand this from يعني this man that came the man بن ثعلبة who came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the ninth year after the Hijrah and so we take from يعني the the explanation of the Sheikh here that this happened in the ninth year after the Hijrah. this particular story and this hadith that which took place within it 
happened in the ninth year after the Hijrah. He came asking concerning the foundations of the religion, Mubtadi'an bisu'al, beginning with the question concerning the reality and the true, true, true nature of the Risala of the Prophet and his messenger, his messengerhood, and his messengership. Now, and yani, was he sent as a messenger? Was he sent by Allah? Was, was, yani, and and he, is his message for the whole of mankind? <clears throat> and likewise, concerning that which he came from religion. And as for Fard Kifaya, so this is like the collective obligation, the collective obligation upon the Ummah. The Fard Kifaya is that which, if there is one who, or if there are some who fulfill that obligation, and carry the obligation, then it drops from the rest of them. Then it drops from the rest of them. Such as a person going and expanding his knowledge in, in the various sciences of the Sharia and going deeper, going deeper into the into the issues. That he may be some an individual that is now capable of giving fatwa so he, he he goes deep into these matters and he 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 uh, his knowledge is much deeper than the, than than the general folk and he goes beyond and he learns the various islamic sciences so that he may become someone who is capable and able to give fatwa and likewise that he may be able to teach the people and again that he may be able to uh, admonish the people and address the people in the khutab and so on, um, and likewise in qada, in, in passing judgments amongst the people. So these things are from those collective obligations. The collective obligations. And so if there are some, not everyone, but some um, from amongst the community, in, in, yeah, in some community, in whatever community, or in a city, in a Medina, or Medina, or Qariya, or in a, in a town, or a village, or Iqlim, or any, any region, يمكن أن يكتفي بواحد من العلماء المجتهدين Then it's possible that we just suffice with, with one individual who is from the scholars, from يعني, the mujtahideen, those who are able to derive rulings, and those who have the tools to derive rulings from the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Shaykh is saying it's sufficient to just have one individual in these communities, in these towns, in these cities and so on. It's not obligatory upon every single individual. So this is the meaning of Fard Kifaya. So it must be one or two at least. Yani, there has to be few of them who fulfill this obligation. بِهَيْثْ يُمْكِنَ الرُّجُوعِ إِلَيْهِ فِي الْقَضَايَا الَّتِي لَا يَسْتِيعُ حَلَّهَا إِلَّا مَنْ بَلَغَ رُتْبَةَ الْجِهَادِ Now, yani, there has to be at least one to the point at least that we can now go back to him in those qadaya, in yani, those matters and those affairs uh, that none is able to solve and deal with except for the one who has reached the level of ijtihad. This is obligatory upon the Muslims, all of them. It becomes obligatory upon everyone up until there is some that... Yani, uh, carry out the obligation. 
But if there isn't someone who does it, then it becomes obligatory on everyone, and the obligation hasn't hasn't dropped yet. This is the definition of fard kifaya. فَإِذَا قَمَ بِهِ بَعْضُهُمْ سَقَطَ الْإِثْمُ عَنِ الْبَاقِينَ. So if some of them carry out the obligation and fulfill these roles, then the sin then drops from the rest of them. فَيَكُونُ مَرْجِعًا لَهُمْ فِي قَضَايَاهُمْ وَمُشْكِلَاتِهِمْ And so then he ends up becoming uh, someone who is uh, their um, point of return, someone they, they go back to in their affairs and يعني, uh, in those uh, difficulties that uh, they face. وَمَا يَحْدُثْ مِنَ النَّوَازِلِ and likewise that they may return back to him in those situations that come upon them. The nawazil. Yani those matters that suddenly come about to them. The situations that, that come about. Yani those contemporary issues and so on. Now, يَجِدُونَ عِنْدَهُ hal. So the people then, in these communities, in these cities and towns, they find with him, the alim and the mujtahid, they find with him the, the solution. وَكَمْ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ لِأَنَّهُ بَذَلَ جُهْدَهُ بِمَالِ and how much reward does he have? How much reward does he have? Yani, um, due to him exerting himself through his wealth, his time, up until he's reached that level of being from the mujtahideen, from the ulama and from the scholars. And he's a means. Subhanallah, this is Another yeah, a way to look at these obligations, and the and the great reward of this individual, the one the individual who, and those individuals from the, any Muslim community who carry out that fard kifaya, even though it's not obligatory upon upon everyone, those who do do it, the Sheikh now comes from an, from an angle to, to which, yeah, and it would and should, yeah, and it causes to race to to even these obligations, even though it's not obligatory upon everyone, and we can yeah, if we could, it's possible that some just. Um, yeah, and it cause themselves to be content by saying, "Oh, it's not obligatory upon everyone. You know, as long as someone else is doing it, then that's fine." But if you look at it from this angle, then you see there's a great reward. The Sheikh he says that uh, this individual he 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 is a reason for the sin being dropped from the rest of them. He he ends up being a reason for the sin being dropped from the rest of them. Naam. And so, yani, the Sheikh is trying to get across that. Yani, shouldn't his reward be great? When he now is a reason for the sin being dropped from the rest of them. Now, وكان سببا في سقوط الإثم عن الباقين أجمعين وكان له الأجر العظيم في إصدار الفتوى وتعليم تعليم الجاهل وقسم الفرائض. Now, and so he has a tremendous reward in the fact that he uh, gave fatawa, any rulings to them. He gave them answers to their questions and, and their, those issues that they were faced with. Teaching the ignorant from them, and qasm al-faraid, and likewise in dividing the inheritance amongst them. Again, this is a type of knowledge which is from those deeper sciences, and not obligatory upon everyone to know. But the one who's who goes deeper, acquires this knowledge, he is then able to now uh, carry out the various rulings amongst the people, and he's able to now. Uh, say that such and such when it comes to these situations when a death occurs that uh, the inheritors they take such and such amount so he's able to now um, apply these rulings likewise he 
explains to them the rulings of those مسائل الدقيقة يعني he's able to give them rulings and explain to them those detailed and precise matters those detailed and precise matters الدقيقة those detailed and precise matters في أحكام الشريعة in the rulings of the Sharia لا يقوم بها إلا أهل الاجتهاد فله الأجر الكبير and again no one is able to to do this no one is able to, to do all of this which is preceded the mention of which is preceded except for the people of ijtihad نعم and so uh, for him is a great reward وفي القصة وفي القصة وجوب تعليم العلم ونشره على من يملك القدرة العلمية Likewise in this story is um, the obligation of learning knowledge, teaching it, teaching knowledge and spreading this knowledge to those who possess the ability, possess that ability yani in, in, in knowledge. والناس يحتاجون إليه And the people that are in need of this knowledge. فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم علم هذا السائل وأجابه على أسئلته. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he taught this question, this questioner. He taught him and he answered his questions. ليعلم ليعلم that he may himself know the questioner. He knows and he learns. ويعلم and that he may teach من وراءه those who are behind him, meaning his people. فلا يطلب العلم إلا للعلم and for those who have the Arabic, there's a word missing here. فَلَا يُطْلَبَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا لِلْعِلْمِ وَالْعَمَلْ بِهِ وَالْدَعْوَةِ إِلَيْهِ Knowledge is not to be sought except للعلم, except that the person desires to acquire knowledge. وَالْعَمَلْ بِهِ And likewise to act upon it. وَالدَّعْوَةِ إِلَيْهِ And to call to that knowledge. وفي هذا الحديث ترغيب في الجلوس في المساجد لنشر العلم Likewise in this hadith is an encouragement to sit in the, in the masajid to sit in the masajid in the mosques in order to spread knowledge نعم من إجابة السائلين and that is true answering the, question, the questions of those who have questions and those who come to ask questions وَإِفْتَاءِ المستفتي. and likewise giving fatwa to those who seek fatwa وتعليم الجاهل and teaching the ignorant one وقد كان وقد كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في جل أوقاته يجلس في المسجد the Sheikh he mentioned that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and most of his time he would spend that sitting in the masjid يعلم الجاهل he would teach the the ignorant one ويفتي المستفتي he would give fatwa to the whoever came seeking a fatwa ويجيب السائل and he would answer the one who would have questions ويرسل السرايا and likewise, he would send forward from the masjid, he would send forward uh, battalions from the Muslims, send them out to, 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 to um, uh, war and battles and so on. And he would يعني, um, erect the flags of jihad. And from the masjid, he would, he would send them out for jihad and so on. The flags, flags of jihad. And so we have in the Rasulullah a good example. أعني نحن طلاب طلاب العلم. Shaykh says that what I intend is us, the students of knowledge, we have in the Rasulullah a good example. 
أن نحرص على صنع حلقات العلم في المساجد. That we, يعني, um, remain, uh, يعني, we have zeal um, in in forming halakat, circles of knowledge in the masajid. That we establish circles of knowledge uh, in the mosques. فإذا جلس الطلاب العلم للناس جلس الناس إليهم. That if the students of knowledge they they sit in the masjid, the people will come to them. The people will come to them. والذي لا يجلس للناس لا يستفيد أحد من علمه. And the one who doesn't sit with the people, then the people know there is no one who benefits from his knowledge. ولو كان عالما مبرزا. Even if he is a scholar who is a distinctive scholar يعني and a prominent scholar. Even if he has a lot of knowledge, but if he doesn't sit with the people, then there is no one who can benefit from his knowledge. وَفِيهِ مَشْرُعِيَةِ التَّعْلِيمِ بِمَا عَلِمْتَهُ أَن تُعَلِّمَهُ غَيْرَقْ مِمَّنْ يَحْتَاجُونَ إِلَيْهِ And likewise in the hadith is the legislative nature of teaching that which you know. That you teach whatever you know to others from those who require that knowledge. كَمَا فَعَلَ الْإِمَامْ إِبْنُ ثَعْلَبَةِ Just as the Imam Ibn Thalabah, he did. وقال للرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم he said to the prophet to the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم أنا رسول من ورائي من قومي that I am a messenger meaning that I am now I will now go back to my people and I will teach them I am a messenger to my people وأول الناس بتعليمك and the sheikh he says that the those most deserving and those who are foremost and deserving of you teaching them يعني قرابتك قرابتك يعني are your relatives and those who are related to you they are the ones who come first فمجتمعك then your community then your community so your relatives first those who are close to your family your relatives then your community كما قال الله عز وجل وأنذر عشيرتك الأكربين Allah said, and warn your, your close kinsmen and in, 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 your, in your relatives. And likewise, this man, the imam, he said, who was, who was asking the Rasulullah, he said, So the Shaykh is also using this hadith as a proof. That I am a messenger to those who are behind me from my people. So starting with his own people. Naam. فيبدأ الإنسان في التعليم بالأقرب فالأقرب. So a person he begins with teaching the closest, then the next closest. نعم. ثم ينطلق في تعليمه في في تعليمه حسب قدرته وصداعته. And then he goes beyond that teaching. يعني those beyond his family and so on, his relatives. يعني based on his capacity and his and his ability. والمعلم أينما حل فإن الناس يحتاجون إلى علمه لينتفعوا به. and the teacher wherever he settles أينما حل wherever he ends up settling then the people are in need of his knowledge يعني that they may benefit from him. وساق البخاري رحمه الله هذه القصة في في بيان أن القراءة على المعلم تعتبر من صيغ التحمل وصيغ الأداء. And Bukhari, the reason why he brought this hadith and this story is to explain that qira'ah, reading to a teacher, it is considered as 
from being from being from the means and ways in how um, um, knowledge and ahadith and so on uh, is carried, received, um, and then passed on. Now, and we see this from the fact that the Imam he came, he came mentioning this to the Rasulullah, and it wasn't the Rasulullah that mentioned these matters from himself, but rather there was someone else who who yani had had told the Imam of these matters. There was someone else who told the Imam of these matters, and that, and that, that Muhammad was calling to this, and then he came to the Rasulullah saying, "I ask you by Allah, did Allah send you? Did Allah command you, yani with the salah and so on?" Uh, and so here, the Imam was was reading to the Prophet and the Prophet he he answered him, and then he said at the end that I am a Rasul to those behind, to those that I left behind from my people. And so here we see Al Bukhari using this to show how, yani uh, this is from the ways in how knowledge um, is to be uh, or can be taken and then passed on. وفي القصة بيان أن هذه الأمور التي سأل عنها السائل من أصول الشريعة لأنها أركان الإسلام. And likewise in this story is an explanation of the of, of these affairs that came within the hadith, which the questioner asked concerning that they are from the usul, from the foundations of the Sharia. Those foundations of the Sharia, the pillar uh, and the and, uh, and, and because they were the pillars of Islam. Now, so this brings us to the end of the chapter, and um, just to mention, we finish with um, the benefits of this hadith. These benefits are taken from Ibn al-Mulaqin. Ibn al-Mulaqin, Ibn al-Mulaqin being the teacher and the sheikh of Ibn al-Hajr, that great imam, Hafid ibn al-Hajr, who has the explanation of Fatuh al-Bari, uh, of Sahih al-Bukhari, named Fatuh al-Bari. Ibn al-Mulaqin was the teacher of, sheikh, uh, of Ibn al-Hajr. Uh, ibn, ibn al-Mulaqin was the sheikh of Ibn al-Hajr. So benefits from him, and likewise benefits from uh, sheikh Ibn al-Uthaymin, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin, rahimahullah. Numerous benefits from this hadith, um, wasn't able to uh, write down all of them. But yani, um, these are just some from them. Firstly, we take from this hadith, ikhwa, Jawaz Dukhul Bahima il Masjid. Now we take the permissibility from this hadith of entering the yani, Bahima. The Bahima are those, those yani, cattle, those animals, uh, those d- domestic animals um, such as cows and uh, sheep, camels, and so on, as we saw from this from this hadith, and evidence for that, that it is permissible to enter the animals into the masjid. It is permissible. Um, uh, which, of course, is, is clear to us from the hadith, but when we highlight it, yani, it can be shocking somehow, yani, in some way. Um, now, and we have to remember that in the time of the Rasulullah, the masajid were, were different. Now we have uh, carpet and so on. Um, and so, yani, um, and, and, and the animals, uh, uh, yani, it is not something which is we, we find rare, if not, yani, never will you see yani, people bringing, nowadays, people bringing animals into the, into the masjid. However, as Tulab we, we should still know the ruling that it is permissible. Let's just say if for some reason there was someone who came in with a cow or with a, with a sheep or something then and, and I mean the, the general folk nowadays would probably you'd probably say astaghfirullah and so on and maybe possibly even takfir, I don't know. Um, yani, again what we would take from this hadith it is permissible. It is permissible. And if for some reason if there 
was يعني some unforeseen circumstance and يعني there was a need to bring an animal into the masjid then this shows to us that it is permissible but the sheikh he mentioned that that is it a condition that the animal that comes into the masjid that it is an animal whose bowl and its roth meaning its urine and its يعني feces that it is tahir that it is pure the Sheikh says, if it's if we're talking about from the angle of the animal just remaining in the remaining in the in the masjid, the animal remaining in the masjid, then yes. And as we know, every animal that it is that its meat is is edible. Every animal that we can eat, its urine and feces is is pure. That's in the Sharia. We know that. So any animal that you can eat, so when you eat the cow's meat, when you eat chicken, and you eat whatever you eat. Um, then, as long as you eat it, then its urine and its feces is pure. It's pure. Now, and so likewise, even come. I and mean, we know from the hadith of the Rasulullah when he sent those uh, people from from those from the Sahaba to go and drink from the urine of the camel. We we, we know, yeah, it is pure. And this is discussed in the books of fiqh. As for um, those animals um, that don't fall into this category, where yeah, uh, are not permissible for to eat for us to eat, such as the dog. Then, it is allowed if it's just passing through the masjid. Because Sheikh Dami mentions that there were instances, and we find this in the in the in the hadith of Rasulullah that that the dog would pass through the masjid, but that's just simply passing, not iqama in the masjid, not not staying in the masjid. Yani, but that it just simply passes through. Now, uh, likewise, what we take from this hadith is. The tawadr of the Nabi Sallallahu We take his humble nature, the humble nature of the Prophet Sallallahu with his Sahaba. The fact that he would sit with them, and likewise, and how he was reclined, and he would, he was, he would be sat in a reclined position amongst them. So this shows to us the humble nature of the Prophet Sallallahu Third benefit is the permissibility of sitting reclined amongst the people. Shows, shows us also the fact that the Prophet did this, that it shows us that it's permissible. The fourth benefit is the loan of the Nabi Sallallahu The color of the Prophet Sallallahu his complexion. That the Sahaba, they said, had a rajlul abyad, that white man. And this is based on the aglab of his loan. As Shaykh Tamini mentions, that this is based on the, yani, the, the um, overwhelming color of the, of the Prophet Sallallahu his complexion. That he was, he was white. Now, Sheikh Ibn Thamin, he says that the loan of the Rasulullah, his complexion, he was Azhar. Azhar. Anyone know the color Azhar? Azhar. It's like pink. Azhar. Um, meaning, Biyab, white, mixed with Mashubun, Bihomra, mixed with red. However, Biyab was Aqlab Ali. But yani, his white complexion was, was, was greater. Now, likewise, uh, the benefit we take from this hadith is that a man may be known through his characteristic and through his sifa, from a trait, uh, like we saw here, that they, the, the Sahaba, they described the Rasulullah as being, هذا الرجل الأبيض, this white man. 
And so again, it's permissible to describe a man and that a man be known through his traits, whether that he's, he's long, his color, he, he's tall, he's short, and so on. Now, likewise, from the benefits is, is verifying when yani, attempting to know someone, getting to know someone. Indeed, this man, he, he said, Ayyukum Muhammad, which one of you is Muhammad? And then he said, after that, he said, Ibn Abdul Muttalib. Ibn Abdul Muttalib. Are you Ibn Abdul Muttalib? So he's verifying. So again, it shows us that it's permissible for a person, when he gets to know someone, to verify. Um, also, Al-Nisba ila al-Ajdad. Also, to ascribe oneself to one's grandfather. Missing out the father and ascribing himself to the grandfather. Because here, the man said, Ibn Abdul Muttalib. But we know that Abdul Muttalib was not the father of the Rasulullah. He was the grandfather. The father of the Rasulullah was Abdullah. Abdullah bin Abdullah. He is Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib. Uh, and so, again, it shows the permissibility of ascribing oneself to one's grandfather, missing out the father. And because the father, or the grandfather, sorry, he, he takes the position of the father. And he, 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 he has that same position of being the father. Now, uh, likewise, what we take from this hadith is the jafa of this Arabi, yani this rough and coarse nature of this Bedouin. And how yani, we saw that he didn't, he didn't address the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with Nabuwa or Risala. He didn't address him by saying, uh, uh, yani, which one of you is a Nabi, the Prophet? Which one of you is Rasulullah? He didn't say which one of you is Nabi Allah, which one of you is Rasulullah. He didn't uh, address him with the Nabuwa and the Risala. And so this shows to us his, his rough nature, the rough nature of the, of the Bedouins. This is how they were. However, Yani, it's mentioned that it's possible, um, or they explain the reason for, for this. Is some of them they said Lam yu'min ba'd, that he hadn't become Muslim yet. Yani, in light of the saying of Allah, well, uh, la dua, la rasul Don't make the, yani, don't make the way you call the Rasul Don't make it, yani, uh, the way you call the Rasulullah, don't call him the same way you call each other, by name. And call him by Rasulullah or Nabiullah. Don't call him by name. And so here, yani the scholars, they discuss this incident in light of this verse here. Some of them said, they said that he hadn't become Muslim yet. Some of them, they said that the verse hadn't been revealed yet, and so the prohibition hadn't yet come. And then some of them also said that Yani, he just remained on his rough and coarse nature of the uh, people of Jahiliyyah and the, and the Bedouin. Now, likewise, what we take from this hadith and from the benefits we take from this hadith is the Husn Khuluq. Husn Khuluq al-Rasul The beautiful uh, yani, attributes and characteristics of the of character of the Rasul Sallam. Yani, since... We, we saw how he dealt with this individual even though he came across in such a way. Now, and this shows to us the, the, the good character of the Rasulullah and likewise the, the wisdom that he would use, the hikmah that he would use. Now, and that he dealt with the questioner based on his need. And he was understanding of the situation and how he was, he was a Bedouin. Now, and he didn't allow his rough nature and how he addressed him the way he addressed him 
and that the fact that he said that I'm going to be harsh on you and so on, he didn't allow that to, 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 to make him be someone who would now deal with him in, in a similar way. But rather, he dealt with him with wisdom and with good character. Likewise, from the benefits is النسكوت كالإقرار That being silent is just like affirmation and affirming something. So when the individual, he said, and this imam, he said, he said, uh, after saying, Ayyukum Muhammad, which one of you is Muhammad? And then he said, Ibn Abdul Muttalib, the Rasulullah didn't answer, he just stayed quiet. And he said, then he said, Qad ajabtuk. And he have, uh, I have answered you, I'm here. Uh, he, he didn't say yes, he didn't say Naam, I'm Ibn Abdul Muttalib. He just remained quiet. And then he said, yeah, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm here to answer you. I've answered you, meaning responding to you. But he didn't answer the actual question. He said quiet about that. But what the ulama they say here, that, that shows to us that remaining quiet is just like you affirming. So if someone says to you, are you so-and-so, so, and you just remain quiet, then it's like you have said yes. Now, Likewise, what we take from this hadith is طَلَبُ الْإِسْنَادِ الْعَالِي وَلَوْ كَانَ الْرَاوِي Likewise, what we take from this hadith, the benefit that we take is seeking to go higher up the chain. Seeking to go higher up the chain and get to the source itself, closer to the source. Because the Imam, the imam look how he came to the Rasulullah with, with the knowledge of, of the pillars of Islam. So he already knew, someone had already informed him of this because he came to the Rasulullah, instigated the, these questions. He had already learned this from somewhere else. But he came seeking to hear it directly from the Rasulullah. And so this is called Al-Isnad uh, Al-Ali. And when someone seeks to, re to get as close as possible to the source and, and remove you know, those narrators between him and the Rasulullah. Now, next one. وَلَوْ كَانَ يعني مِنْ رَاوِي مِنْ رَاوِي مِنْ رَاوِي رَاوِي ثِقَةً وَلَوْ كَانَ رَاوِي ثِقَةً يعني يعني even if the one who who narrated to you is someone who is trustworthy there's no this shows to us the permissibility of of still I want to go direct I want to go closer to the source this shows to us the permissibility of this now and this was something that which the scholars of hadith would also do. They would seek to, to, get, to, to remove certain narrators if they were able and get close to the, to, the, to, the, to the source. So that the men between them and the Rasulullah were, were fewer. Now, likewise, uh, we take the benefit of Jawaz al-Istihlaf al-Khabar. Now, likewise, we take the permissibility of asking someone by Allah. Asking someone by Allah, as we saw in this hadith, yani in order, yani asking them by Allah, in order to seek certainty of that khabar that's going to come. Oh, yani you, you, ask, you ask the person by Allah, in order for you to attain certainty of whatever knowledge yani you're seeking to acquire. Likewise, from the benefits, and this is maybe like the 12th or 13th benefit, taqdim al-insan bayna yaday. Hadithi Muqaddima Naam, ya'tadhir fiha Ya'ni That a person, before he begins his speech A person in a situation He's maybe going to ask someone something But before he begins his speech He 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 Ya'ni, he asks He asks to be excused Ya'ni, for, for, for whatever For whatever is going to 
come from him from maybe harshness or يعني, uh, يعني the way he may come about if he may come about rude and so on that a person says I'm going to ask you a few questions but excuse me if I come across rude or يعني, if I'm going to be harsh and so on the show says that it's permissible uh, for a person to do this a person may before he actually begins his speech he excuses himself from whatever is going to come from him during that speech now for indeed he said I'm going to ask you some questions, but I'm going to be hard on you. Now, likewise, the 13th, 14th, is it? 14th, 14th benefit is that the mushrikun kanu yuqirruna bil rubiyya. That the mushrikun, that they, they affirmed the lordship of Allah, that Allah was the, was the Lord. Because this man, he said, بربك وربي من قبلك. Actually, by your Lord and by the Lord of those before you. And so the Mushrikun that the Mushrikun would affirm the Rububiyyah of Allah. Fifteenth benefit is Umum Risalatin Nabi Sallam. Fifteenth benefit is that we see the uh, that the Risala of the Rasulullah and him being sent as a messenger is to the whole of mankind. And in refutation to the Jews and to the, uh, of the Christians and whoever else say that his message, and his risala and his message is only to the Arabs. Yes, he's a messenger, but only to the Arabs. But rather here, we saw that uh, the Imam, he said, إِلَى النَّاسِ كُلِّهِمْ When you sent to, the, to all of the people. And the Rasulullah, he said, اللَّهُمَ نَعَمْ Likewise, from the benefits, the 16th benefit is the wujub, obligation of the five daily prayers. And add to that the obligation of the fasting, the fasting of the month of Ramadan and the zakat, the giving of the zakat, the obligation of, the, of these pillars. The 17th benefit, the permissibility of giving the zakat only to one category of the people of zakat, those who are deserving of the zakat. We know there are eight categories of those people who are eligible of receiving the zakat. But here we see that it's permissible to give that zakat only to a group of them, only to one group of them. Because uh, the Imam he said, Yani zakat tu'khad min or ta'khad min agniya'ina wa taqsimuha ala fuqara'ina. And he only mentioned these. That you take from our rich folk, the zakat that you take from our rich folk, and give to our our poor folk. Likewise, the eighteenth benefit is the permissibility of a person, yeah, seeking to verify those important matters. Here, the Imam he came seek, yeah, seeking to verify these extremely important matters, the pillars of Islam. Now, and the last benefit is that which is apparent from the con the context of this hadith is that uh, the Imam was not yet Muslim when he came. And he was not yet he, he wasn't yet Muslim. He hadn't yet accepted Islam, and that he he only accepted Islam afterwards. And that is why Abu Dawood, he brings this hadith, but he brings it under the chapter. And again, this is another benefit we can take, is 
في المشرك باب في المشرك يدخل المسجد shows the permissibility of a mushrik a disbeliever idol worshiper or يعني مشرك whoever worships others besides Allah that it is permissible for them to enter the masjid shows to us the permissibility of them entering the masjid نعم and there's no sin in that and there's come in the wording of the of, of this particular hadith but through Abdullah ibn Abbas um, that فَلَمَّا فَرَغَ تَشَحَّدْ that once he left once the Imam left he took the shahada and then we, we see from the hadith itself, itself he said قَدْ آمَنْتُ بِمَا جِئْتَ بِهِ that I believed in that which you have come with هذا وصلى الله عليه وسلم أنا نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين